It's time for another hour of Reflections of Grace Outreach Ministries, Thursday weekly discussion with Thomas and Denise. We are the walkers, inspiring souls and removing the mask through the word of God. Join us as we discuss biblical topics with a life applicable approach. We talk about biblical topics such as marriage, purpose, loneliness, family, salvation, forgiveness, holiness, and so much more. We also have inspirational books and poetry that we expound on during our weekly program. You can also check out our broadcast live via Zoom on Thursdays, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Meeting ID 915-963-7102. Access code 4 lowercase y, uppercase u, lowercase b, lowercase e, capital D. All broadcasts are being recorded. You can subscribe to us on our YouTube channel at Reflections of Grace Outreach Ministries and join our Anchor Podcast channel. And now join us for another enjoyable evening. God bless. We thank you, Lord, for your gathering. We thank you, Lord, for all of your loving kindness and your tender mercies. We thank you, Father, that you have been so good to us. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to watch over us and keep us. We thank you for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us this day. We thank you, Lord, that you have been so good and merciful to us and our family and our friends. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to bless the word, bless the discussion that's going to go out today. Let it edify, let it instruct, and let it help those that hear the message about kindness and that the message of kindness would would help them to draw others to them. We bless your name and we thank you and we give you honor, glory, and praise. Your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Tonight, I wanted to talk about the title, Showing Kindness Even When They Don't Deserve It. And we know there are a lot of people out there in the world that don't deserve kindness. And, you know, that's the human part because we are human and we are human first. And therefore, when we're human, some people we just don't like. Some people, some people it's going to get on our nerves and some people are, uh, are just going to be that way, you know. And, but it's, it's the transformation that God wants us to, to exhibit in our walk when those people come around a second time. See, the first time that we encountered them, they may have said something indifferently or did something that we may not have liked, but and that caused us to have a, a, a alt or a grievance against them. And then our attitude toward them changed, you know, like, uh, say, for instance, somebody uh, make you mad on the telephone and they call you. And when they call you, you know, the, uh, before you pick up the phone immediately and you talking and you laughing and you engaging. Ha ha. I love you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. But let them say something you don't like. See, and the next time they call. You see that you see the number on a on a voicemail or on an ID call ID, and it goes to voicemail. They call again, voicemail, and call again. 
So you, you get that pattern of saying, I don't want to be bothered with that person no more because they hurt me or they made me feel bad or something they did I didn't like. And that's, that's all naturally good. But God wants us to, to raise above that, especially when we know more about him, especially when we are uh, believers in Jesus. He wants us to exhibit some things that show that we can be kind in spite of. And that's what the, tonight's talking about, showing kindness even when they don't deserve it. Uh, it was a king in, a, in the Bible named David who was tested and, and he failed his test. He was tried and he didn't succeed in some things. He, he, he hunted people uh, and, he, and, and people hunted him, but he wasn't killed, you know? And, but there was an act of love and kindness that helped David to realize that he needed someone's love and kindness in his corner who would love and look out for him and shield him from certain death. Not only did God protect, comfort, and keep him, his friend Jonathan also protected him. Needing people to show us kindness is important. I mean, but you know, the only way that we can have people show up for us in kindness, that means that we have to first show ourselves friendly. Showing kindness to others is one of the nicest things that a person of faith can exhibit. Kindness is uh, to others, it, it, it means that we have the capacity to show empathy, to show love and compassion to someone or some animal when they are at their lowest point. But what does it mean to show kindness? You know. People show kindness by using their unique talents and gifts to help others. Other people show kindness as a, as a random act of positivity in someone's life. You know, there's a Chinese proverb that says, better to do a kindness near home than to go far away to burn incense. Hmm. Well, Dr. Yvette Alt-Miller provides a great a second quote on kindness, where she says, acts of kindness are greater than charity since they can be done for both the rich and the poor. And charity can only be done and one's, with somebody's money, while acts of love and kindness can be performed both personally and with one's money. So you see, with acts of love and kindness, you can serve the rich and the poor because you don't need money to do it. That is an awesome quote. Also, the Old Testament scriptures in Jeremiah 31 and 3, it tells us that with love and kindness, God draws us to him. And in the New Testament scripture, the, the apostle Paul outlines for us the fruits of the spirit, which includes kindness as a fruit of the spirit of love and compassion that God directly gives to us when we are connected to him. Jesus also taught that there are blessings when we can show mercy and love as an example of compassion, as he taught the others uh, on a sermon on the Mount of the Beatitudes. 
You know, his message was filled with kindness and compassion as he blessed those that were showing compassion and kindness to those that were in need and needed it the most. But when we go back to David, David wanted to show kindness because uh, uh, he had made a promise to a friend that helped him when he needed it most. We must never forget the times when kindness was extended to us. Kindness and mercy are twins and must always be extended when we find ourselves at a crossroads of good and evil. Remember the, that kindness is a gift and a right for anyone to give. We must always find ways to show kindness when we know that someone is hurting or grasping for a lifeline. Remember, kindness draws blessings and blessings are gifts from God for our unselfishness to others. And I thank God for uh, the, the word kindness because it is true, our gifts and our talents, you know, those are the things that we can utilize to others to show kindness to them. We may not have money. We may not have all of the, the things that, that other people may have. We may not even be the Joneses that have those uh, uh, influx of cash and everything running around, but we have our gifts and our talents. And when we think about it, we can go back to the subject matter, which is David. David was the king of Israel, and David was appointed king by God. But then before David was king, there was a king named Saul. Well, Saul was doing really well because God had anointed him as king. So see the difference in David and Saul was, Saul was uh, anointed and, uh, I'm sorry, Saul was appointed and David was anointed as king. And the difference of that is when we appoint somebody, sometimes that can be done out of a, a, a manly way or a human way. You can appoint a mayor, you can appoint a judge, just like they go on with uh, uh, Miss, Miss uh, Jackson, I believe that's her last name. Um, she's being appointed. She's going through the process of becoming a Supreme Court judge. So that's things that you got to go through that process. But when God uh, anoints you into a position, that's different because when he anoints, he's going to smear his grace on you. He's going to smear his love and his kindness, and he's going to smear his, his spirit of wisdom and, and grace on you to do that job. So Saul was, was appointed, and uh, he got jealous because people started talking about David and, and the crowd and the people that he were uh, rulership over. He, he began to get jealous and he sought to kill David. So David goes on this, 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 this long journey of trying to avoid being killed by the king. So he's running, he's running, oh, he's running, he's gone, he's, you know, but the thing about it, see, that you can, if you ever get a chance to read the book of First and Second Samuel to read his story, you begin to see how 
when a person is anointed to do something, see, they already have that kindness in them. They, that kindness is already developed in him. And he didn't get jealous at King Saul, even though he knew that at some point in time in life, he was going to take over and become king. What he did, he still was kind to Saul, even when Saul tried to kill him. And you know what? On a few occasions, David had the opportunity to say, look, this man is getting on my nerves. I know he king, but he 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 trying to come for me. I got to come for him. <laughs> so he had opportunity to go down that road where we talked about in the introduction to, to at, at that crossroads of good and evil. Now, I, I must admit, the Bible tells us that David did not do all things correctly. David did murder. David did commit adultery. David did lie. He did do those things, you know. And But at the same time, God said that he was a man after his own heart. That doesn't mean God did those things. That means that God had a heart for him because he had anointed him to be in that position to do well for others. So David and uh, Saul was going back and forth with this. David had opportunity to kill him on multiple occasions, but David spared his life and told him, because you are my king and God appointed you to be king, then, you know, I must still love you and obey you and do those things. I'm paraphrasing. If you really want to get the intricate details, I, I do encourage you to read the story because it would really put in perspective the different, the different dynamics of leadership. Because David's leadership was one way and Saul's leadership was another. He was great as long as people was praising his leadership. I mean, Saul loved everything. He was, huh? He loved when they walked and danced and they were dancing around with him, you know, uh, when they come through the thing. And then he was just loving the praise. He was eating it up. And, and, and sometimes we have people that are in those positions that are only in the positions for the praise, you know, and that's what that's what we have to discern when we are uh, coming across people that call themselves leaders. Some people are doing it for the praise and some are doing it because they want to and they have to and they need to. And they feel that they feel that that unction, that gift to lead people and to uh, be responsible for them. So, David. Uh, eventually became king. I'm going further in, and he he had to subdue his enemies, all of those that were trying to get him. Eventually, when he became king, you know, he had to take the land back to and put it back in right order and right standing according to God and according to the way that it was supposed to be done. So God gave him a, a time of peace in his kingship and his rulership. And one day, David uh, was sitting around and he asked this question, is there anybody that I can be nice to? Is there anyone that I can show kindness to? And wow, that is, that is something, you know? Um, and he asked that question. And so they sought out and they said, well, yeah, there is. I'm sorry, he wanted to know if there was uh, somebody in the house of Jonathan that he could show kindness to. Now, that's a difference, see, because there was a, a certain, you see, Jonathan was 
uh, Saul's son. And Saul Saul was the king that was trying to uh, kill David because of his jealousy of him being the king and, and having favor from God and and his uh, his anointing into the kingship. So Jonathan became brothers, like brothers with David. And when Jonathan and David became brothers, they made an oath and they swore that they would always uh, be there with each other. They would always love each other and they would always look out for each other's uh, uh, well-being. So they swore the oath, which was found in First, John, First Samuel, the uh, 20th chapter, found in the 12th through the 17th. And then it goes down to the 40th to the 42nd verse. And uh, it says, then Jonathan said to David, swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, that I will surely sound, sound out my father by this time, the day after tomorrow. If he is favorable, disposed towards you, will I not send you a word and let you know? But if my father intends to harm you, May the Lord deal with Jonathan, be it ever so severely. But if I do not let you know and send you away in peace, may the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. But show me unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness as long as I live so that I may not be killed and do not cut, do not ever cut off my kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David saying, may the Lord call David's enemy to account. And David and Jonathan reaffirmed this oath out of the love for him because he loved him as he loved himself. So it goes down to the, the 40th verse um, when it says, then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, go, carry them back to town. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed, bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord is witness between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever, that then David left and Jonathan went back to his town. See, what was going on there was Jonathan knew that his dad was after him. And he told David, okay, if I come back to you, you know, uh, I, I'm going to let you know if my dad does have a plot against you. So if I come after, come back to you and let you know, then that's for you to leave town because I'm giving you this high, the high side. So he was trying to let David know, you know, if, if my daddy going to start clowning with you, then I'm going to come back and tell you, I'll let you know so you could leave and you won't get destroyed. 
And David said, okay, please do me this. Now, don't, don't leave me hanging. Uh, come get me because I don't want to die. You know, and Jonathan said, hey, don't worry about it. I got you. I'm going to come. He said, let's swear this oath that this day, you know, I, I'm going to take care of you. You're going to take care of me. You're going to take care of my descendants. I, I'm, I love you just that much that, that I want to help you get away from this, this situation. So, and sometimes we need people like that. That's going to help us get out of our situations and out of our pro- out of our, our problems. And there's always somebody going to be after something that we have, and we have to be aware of that. Number one, because it's 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 just the way life is nowadays. You know, even in your everyday life, in your everyday struggle, some somebody is always looking at you to to do you harm. You just don't know it. And if you got a group of people around you that are associated with that person, have you ever been in a situation? And I've been in this situation before when I was in the military, where somebody said, you know, it's something about this guy I just don't like. It's just something about him. Now, they don't even know him, but it's just something about that guy that they don't like. What is that all about? But that's just the heart of some men, some women, and some people nowadays. They will make your life a living hell, be out of jealousy, out of envy, out of, out of uh, just plain old, they just, something about you they don't like. And that's, that's wrong. And that is absolutely wrong. But here, that's how the oath between David and Jonathan was established for his descendant for Jonathan's descendant. Now, Jonathan had a child moving forward after David became king. Jonathan had a a child named Mephibosheth. Yep, his name is Mephibosheth. Now, he was young during the time that all of this was going on. When he was a certain age, one of the the bond ladies uh, was taking him from the war situation, was trying to protect him. And she mistakenly dropped him. And when she dropped him, he became crippled in his legs. So he was was crippled. And normally during that time when a kid is crippled or or something is wrong with him or something is, you know, happens to him where they're not 100% whole, sometimes they would cast him away or they would, you know, get rid of them. But in this instance, the woman took Mephibosheth and raised him uh, away from all of those rules and laws and, and, and everything. And he grew up. He grew up and he still had that deformity where he could not walk or he had that, um, I'm not going to say deformity, but he had that challenge to where he could not walk all the way. So we're going forward where the King David begins to ask, well, is there someone in the house of Jonathan? Because see, David had um, subdued his enemies. And guess who his enemy was? His enemy was Saul and his, and his family. So David essentially subdued John, uh, Saul and his family, but Jonathan did not get subdued. Jonathan uh, died in battle, but Mephibosheth was saved and he was sent somewhere else. And by him being sent somewhere else, he's a descendant of Saul, yet 
still uh, a, a descendant of Jonathan. So David, in his in his time, he was thinking about: Is there anyone from the house of Jonathan that I can be kind to? Because he made that oath that he was going to bless bless his seed, and it was going to be uh, looked after. And they told him, "Yes, there is someone, Mephibosheth." Now, see, Mephibosheth, yeah, you know, he already knew the history, <laughs> and he already understood that there was a there was a lot of uh, uh, stuff going on between uh, David and Saul, his grandfather, you know, and there was a lot of things that that has historically been uh, orientated to them about that situation. So Mephibosheth wasn't really trying to be around David during that time. And he he essentially was like, oh, <laughs> you know, uh, when David asked to come see him or ha- asked for Mephibosheth to come and see him, you know, Mephibosheth was like, wait a minute, I don't live this long. I don't want no parts of this. You know, I'm already challenged and, you know, I've got a good life over here. But since he the king, I got to go. Sometimes we got to go to see things. Sometimes we have to take that leap of faith. Sometimes we got to uh, uh, endure some situations that we might not feel comfortable with, but there's a blessing in it, you know, and that's what I always say. There's a a message in our mess and there's a testimony in our test. And we have to just be strong. Mephibosheth, he might not have been physically able to do a lot of things, but mentally he was strong enough to, 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 to take that walk, to go and see David. So when David came, I can imagine uh, Mephibosheth was like, oh Lord, here he come. It's, it's getting ready to happen. He getting ready to say, oh, I forgot one of them. Here one of them go. You, you know how somebody get mad at your family and they see you down the street. And y'all done had a fight or whatever the case. Well, y'all might not have, but on the west side of Chicago, that's the way it was sometimes. You know, they see one of the family members, they be like, there he is over there. And they start running after him, trying to go get at him. And uh, the guy that they running after, he run and take off, you know. But Mephibosheth, he didn't didn't take off. He, He stood up and he went gracefully, but afraid, there to David. And David said, Mephibosheth, <laughs> and, uh, Mephibosheth said, at your service, you know, he didn't want to cause no waves. He didn't want to make it seem as if, you know, he had an alt against David, given the history. See, sometimes our history uh, caused people to treat us differently. Our history would make people look at us in a way that, that isn't uh, uh, who we are now. You know, because in our past, we've done a whole lot of things. And, and sometimes people and and relatives in our past, we tend to wear that burden on our shoulders because we are connected to them by blood. And that's not something that God wants us to always hold on to, because when God transforms us and he renews our hearts and minds through the Holy Spirit and the, the infilling and indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and understanding and learning his word. That's why we're supposed to be transformed and renewed and we should be changed into someone that can show kindness, someone that can love 
others. Someone where a person might say, oh, yeah, that's spooky, them brother over there. Let's go. Then wait a minute. Hold up. He he's he's been doing nice things. Or, wait a minute. It's something about Pookie's brother, you know, let's leave him alone and see God and make your enemies leave you alone when you are connected to him. When you're connected to him spiritually and you're connected to him, you know, deep in your heart and you know that your heart has been transformed and changed to do well and do right by others, God will protect you. He would protect you from those situations. He would he would lead those people in a different direction when they're coming against you. Like we talked about before, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I would fear no evil, for God is with me. <laughs> and that's one of those important things that we have to learn, you know, because we have to know that when God has favor on our lives. That that we are to show the favor of the Lord on us, no matter what's coming. Like my auntie used to say, no matter what's creeping or crawling, you know, you have to still do right. You have to still do what God called you to do. And so David and Mephibosheth, they met and David told him, don't be afraid for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. See, we got to have favor. We got to have calm, you got to have kindness and favor in somebody's eyesight that uh, attracts them to want to help. Everybody needs help. All of us need some type of help, some assistance. So we are not put on this world and on this earth to walk in a way where we never need help. Nobody never can help us. We are always, uh, we're always having uh, problems and situations and we have to handle it all by ourselves. No, 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 no. God want us to, to always reach out to him first and foremost, to allow him to lead and guide us to pray and worship him daily. See, and that was the thing that David did in his life. David, regardless of how much wrong David did, and he did wrong, you know, he still praised and worshiped God with all his heart. Even when the situation where um, he lost a, 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 a baby, you know, instead of him Instead of him crying and sobbing and weeping, David got up and began to, to shout. He began to worship and praise the Lord because he knew some of the things that he had done in his life. He knew that he had done wrong and he had transgressed God and God could have made it worse for him. God could have took his life. God could have took his family's life. But instead, God allowed this incident to happen to him. And no matter how much David prayed, no matter how much David um, uh, sought the Lord, that thing did happen. But instead of David being mad, shaking his fist up at God, saying, why did you do this? This not, I trusted you. I loved you. And I cared for you. Why would you do this to me? You know, David praised and worshiped God. And that's why God said he's a man after his own heart, because in spite of calamity and in spite of his wrong, uh, uh, David still, you know, cried out to him and told him, create in me a clean heart. 
wash me clean. I need these things. I'm repenting for my sins. A lot of us, we don't want to repent. A lot of us don't want to hear that word repentance or turn back or acknowledge your sins and, and, and ask God for forgiveness. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. None of us have a blueprint on doing everything 100% right on this earth. We're not going to get that right because we were shaped and born into iniquity, into transgression, into rebellion. And rebellion is sin. So we're all born into sin. And that causes us to always find a way to mess things up. So we're not perfect. <laughs> don't, don't think you're perfect. Uh, we can say things, even now when I'm talking and even now when, when God is revealing things to me to say tonight, you know, I might get some things uh, wrong, but then God will bring it to my remembrance to correct and say, wait a minute, excuse me. So that means that we need God to lead and guide us. We need him to, to show us the way to go. So when we are in our so-called perfection, God is always there to show us how imperfect we are. <laughs> so we should be always uh, open and available for that. So I'm going to stop. And if someone wants to add uh, a word, that'll be great. Hello. Amen. <laughs> well, I'm um I love everything that was saying tonight and I love the point that in this story it shows how no matter what, um, just like my granddad said, you know, growing up your word is bond. So it's like I love the fact that they took accountability and still stood by what they said and stood by what they agreed upon and kept their word to each other mm-hmm. to be friends for life, to take that oath because nowadays it's so hard to just even find a friend to even even be a friend. Better yet, take an oath. So, you know, I just, I just love how no matter... No matter of the jealousy, the enviness, the hate that um, his father had towards him, he still stood behind what he said and later on down the road still, you know, bless his descendant to say, hey, you know, I still remember what your father done for me. So I just love the fact that, like you said, kind of it go a long ways. You just never know how. They could change a person's day. Um, better yet, not just their day, their life. Some people, you know, they could be going through hardship in life. I mean, it's a thing mm-hmm. called life. We're going to have our good days. We're going to have our bad days. Mm-hmm. But at the end, we still have to praise God. But you just never know. It could be that little inkling of somebody saying that wrong thing to push, you know, that person over the edge or you know, so you just never know how that one little word or saying thank you or a smile or some just that simple can make that person date or actually change their life. So I just love how this story 
like manifest and unfold and show God's love and mercy. Amen. Amen. That is so true, Keisha. And what I love about it is um, we saw the, the growth and the maturity in that relationship because even though David and Saul started off as friends, then Jonathan came and David and Jonathan became friends. But David and Saul, they their friendship was cut off and because one got jealous of the other. And sometimes we we have come across situations where our so-called friends will become jealous and the friendship starts to wane for whatever reason um, that that person may have against you. It would wane. And if it wanes, it's okay. As long as you go to that person and say, hey, what did I do? Did, did I do something wrong? And David asked too, what did, you know, what, 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 what's going on? So why are you trying to kill me? <laughs> and, you know, and uh, so he, he just kept on doing what he's going to do until um, he finally, he, he finally expired. And, but Jonathan, Jonathan was a man that looked to David and they built that bond. And, and it wasn't a bond, uh, sensual, intimate, like some people might want you to believe. This was a, a platonic bond. This was a bond between men, a man bond. You know, It's hard to have a man bond. I'm going to tell you that right now, because men don't build that bond like women. Women would be like, oh, girl, you want you want to get your hair and nails did? Let's go shopping. Let's go hang out, you know, and, and then that's the bond, you know, because they got the same nail color or, you know, they, they got the same other, they went shopped at the same dress store and they, they, they bonded, you know, but with men, it's different, you know, men, we, we are different creatures. We are built from a different cloth because we could build bonds with men um, in a way where we don't have to see a person all day, every day, or talk on the telephone with another man all day, every day, or even go shopping with them all day, every day, or every weekend. But we have that instinct to know that, okay, if something happened, he got my back. If if I need something, he'll have my back. And that's how men build that bond. And see, Jonathan and David uh, proved that bond right then and there because Jonathan loved David as his own. And David needed, needed Saul. Like I said in the early introduction, David needed somebody to show him kindness and then be there for him when he needed him the most. And that was Jonathan. Jonathan made sure that he wasn't destroyed by his father. And that's something when a, when a child, when a son goes against his own father to save his friend, because that loyalty thing, have you ever seen Knott's Landing and Dynasty and Dallas and all that stuff where people say family comes first, blah, 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 and, you know, and then your friends, you know, left out in the cold, which in some cases, that could be the case, but not in this case. And we can also sometimes find ourselves in our own families that where, unfortunately, family 
might not come first. Maybe that friend that's been with you like a brother that's sticking with you, that's doing the things that that's that's helping you to become a better you. Maybe that person becomes family. And just like in the military, when you don't have anyone um, that you're serving with in the military and you get a group of friends together and you all go through war, go through basic training, go through uh, being stationed in two different places together and you all encounter things that becomes that niche that become that connection. And so that's the same thing um, in a lot of ways that David and Jonathan had. So he 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 didn't have a problem showing Mephibosheth, uh, Jonathan's son, something, the uh, uh, kindness. And that's what we have to do. We have to find ways to show the people that we love and the people that love us back kindness, no matter what. I mean, like my my grandma, my, my uh, uh, grandpa, grandmother used to say, she used to say teeth teeth and tongue fall out. <laughs> and I never really understood that until I got older because she used to always say, well, baby, teeth and tongue gonna fall out. And I, I pray that my tongue never fell out. Now my tooth fall out once time, but not my tongue. But I understood what she meant. She meant that we're gonna have some days when it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a problem with between uh, people that we love, people that we need. You know, it's gonna be issues. And when that teeth and that tongue stop talking to each other and your mouth closed, then that's an issue. But at the same time, eventually your mouth gotta open either to eat or to drink. So your teeth and your tongue are gonna have to work eventually. They're gonna have to work together <laughs> to get you fed. <laughs> I like that. One. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, so that was that was true for me, and that that let me knew that sometimes we might not like or agree with anybody, and sometimes we might go down a road where they may have wronged us or made us feel bad, but just remember that you you either going to be the teeth or you're going to be the tongue but eventually you know you all got to come together and try to talk especially when you're family especially when you love each other you know even if you have a close 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 friend sometimes it's good to just say hey you know what did I do wrong do you want to still have this friendship if so let me know if not then okay at least we got to understand it. At least all minds and hearts are clear. And you can walk away knowing, like the Bible said, you could take your peace back and counter the evidence not against you. So, But at least you went to it and you tried to straighten it out. You tried to reason. You tried to talk things through to see if things could be re reconciled. If they can't be reconciled, be okay with it. You still pray for them, show them kindness and love when you see them, still be nice. That's what we have to do. Because we can't exhibit the fruits of the spirit. As, as the New Testament tells us, you know, that the fruits of the spirit is love, kindness, joy, patience, peace, forgiveness, those are the fruits of the spirit. And God wants us to, to always be at a place in our heart 
and filled with his spirit long enough to be able to show those fruits and gifts of the spirit that he puts in us. So David in the Old Testament, he was able to do that. He took Mephibosheth in. He said, hey, bring you your cousins, bring your maid servants, bring everybody you know into my house. And from this day forward, you eat at my table. And that's, that's, that says a lot, you know, because David's like, oh, man, I remember the oath that I made to his father. And essentially, David took on that role to take care of him and his family to make sure they wouldn't want for anything. And sometimes that's what we have to do as believers in, in, in Jesus. We might not could take care of anybody uh, monetarily, like the Proverbs said. We might not be able to do that money, and we might not be able to, to buy them things and pay for their tuition and all of that stuff, but we can always be kind to them when they come to us. We can always show them love. We can always, if they need something that we that's in our talent to, to give, that we don't have a problem doing it, that we don't have a problem making that extra step for them. You know, and that's, that's, that says a lot. And you know, that, and that's one thing that I, I would like to, to express. Being a believer in Jesus doesn't mean you have to always speak in tongues and lay hands on people and they're going to get healed and, and prophesy to them and, and always, you know, it's not about that. Because when Jesus was on this earth, he, he had compassion for those that are, were sick. He, he hang, hung out with those that other people wouldn't hang out with. He went to those places where the rest of the people wouldn't go. And he showed them love and kindness. And that love and kindness draw them to him. If you ever read the scriptures in the Bible, Jesus didn't heal everybody that came around him just so that they can follow him. Jesus showed them kindness. Jesus talked with them. Jesus accepted them where they were. And that's where we have to get. We have to get out of that mindset that in order for us to show kindness for someone, they have to be connected to our doctrine or connected to what we believe, or we see them every Sunday at church, or they live down the street and they go to Reverend Showbuck at church. So that's a good church. I'm going to hang with them. You know, it ain't about that. It's about showing kindness when we are together, showing kindness to others when nobody essentially have to. You don't, you don't necessarily have to, but God mandates that we put on and have the life and exhibit the light of, of Christ-likeness to others on the earth so that they can come to know who he is. Who is that man? Or why are you so kind? Why are you so nice? Why are you so joyful when I see you? Why are your skin glowing when I see you? And then you could say, well, it's nothing but the God that's in me. It's nothing but the Jesus that I serve, that his, his teachings have, have, have saved me. I'm redeemed from all of that, that evil and that mad 
thoughts and that bad thinking. Uh, all those things are taken away from me because of the man from Galilee. <laughs> you know, when you start talking about Jesus, you should start getting happy about it. You should start really saying, yes, 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 yes. Let me tell you what he did for me. I remember that time when I didn't have no food in the house and I prayed and I asked God, Lord, what is I'm going to do? How am I going to eat? And as soon as I said that, the Lord showed up and showed out. Those are the things that people need to hear. Those are the things that when we're, we're coming together with others and we're speaking about the goodness in this world, we should also talk about how good God has been to us. Because I can, I can guarantee anyone that's going to listen to this in the future, they're going to reminisce. I'm going to say reminisce back, you know, or think back at a time when you were at your worst and you needed something so badly and so greatly and you didn't know how it was going to happen. You didn't know how you was going to make it through. But God sent what we talked about, Abraham, that ram in the bush <laughs> for Isaac. He, God would always send the help. He would always send the ram and the bush of your life, and he would make a way when there's no way to be made. Mephibosheth probably thought he was, he was going to be uh, physically challenged and probably living in somebody's house, living on somebody, sleeping on the floor or something, or don't have no nowhere to eat, nothing to eat, no way of knowing where his next meal is going to come from. But God said otherwise. See, boy, the way that thing just go intertwined about kindness and 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 generational happiness and 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 how God just worked things out providently. You know, we talked about divine providence last time too, about how God is in in the guidance of everything that happens in our lives. And from a fellowship, look at him. He went from being taken care of by someone else all the way to eating at the king's table. I mean, that is, that is great. That is awesome. That is a, that's a, a miraculous move of God when he's come from someone that was, could have been cast out for his infirmities that could have been tossed aside or even killed at some point in time in his life. And God was able to set him at the table with the king. Boy, that is, that is, <laughs> whew, that is great. And all because of his father, Jonathan, showed kindness and showed love to David. Wow. It's, it's so cyclic. Everything is kind of like works in a circle. When you think about things, think about if I do well, if I do right by others, it, right will follow. If I bless others, a blessing will come my way. Now, you don't just go be a blessing to somebody just to expect a blessing. You do it because it's in the goodness and the good cleanness of your heart. That's why you do it. Don't do it to expect nothing. Just do it because you're being kind, because that's a gift and a talent that God has given you. So I thank God for tonight's uh, discussion. And I'm going to open if anyone have any comments that they would like to say. I'm going to I'm going to yield for this the brief minute so that someone could get a word in. I know I did talk a lot, but God had put it on my heart because I'm so happy to do and, and to be kind to others when 
they need me. You know, some people used to call me selfish. I ain't going to say who used to call me selfish, but they used to call me selfish and used to say I only thought about myself, but that's because they didn't know me. (laughs) And now they they changed their heart. They changed their mind. They thought because I know that God has renewed and changed me to the point where if I got it, I'll give it, you know, but you only got one or two times to to kind of, you know, make me not want to give. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just joking. No, I'm not, but I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to yield right now if anyone has something to say. Um, I enjoyed the, um, what I heard and I enjoyed Keisha's responses and things like that. It's, uh, you know, kindness is definitely a blessing. You know, um, your point, you know, you were talking about family and so forth. People do change, and you will not know, especially when you leave a quote unquote hometown, you will not know who family will wind up in. And uh, the nature of family and the meaning of family changes and it changes over the years, I think by decades, um, and stuff like that. I, I have seen how that changed. And so um, I was to the point, even over the winter, of, uh, but I did change a lot because I deleted a lot of a lot of people out of my phone. Um, folks who said they were part of this organization or that organization, and they do, you know, they're a brotherhood and they do this and that. Even military folks had to delete them because, to me, um, some people, in my opinion, did not live up to maybe my perception of brotherhood or togetherness as they should have. And some people, you know, some people looked at maybe, you know, did I have to have a wake up moment? Maybe some people looked at the uniform different. Um, maybe some people's pledges and allegiances changed over the years or whatever. Either either way, uh, there's just a lot of people that got deleted and it was healthy for me. Um, and so, you know, you, you, you learn who's who and what's what. And, um, even if you just got one person that's fair, I mean, that'll be sufficient until God bless you with more. And, you know, you learn to appreciate uh, what God gives you, uh, especially in, in trying times until he blesses you with more. Um, you just learn to appreciate it and you learn to be like Adam. You just do your best to put on blinders and focus on the work and the task that now that all makes sound a little vague, but I think I was descriptive. I hope I was. I'm working at writing more descriptive, and that's my dissertation. Supervisor tells me write more compelling. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, thank God for for grace and mercy, because that that keeps you, and uh, mm, you just never know who's. You know, like Mephibosheth, you just never know who's going to be who. And many people, godlessly, even as I look at the medieval period, because the medieval period is one of my favorite periods in history. You know, that period from like 1100 up until the 1600s. And you look at many rulers or any ruler, whether it's Elizabeth, Henry VIII, uh, Queen Victoria, people now. And many people by many devices have gotten to the kings and or the queen's table. 
Um, but a lot of them didn't get there through kindness and, and through love. Some of them get there and sit there maybe because they're privileged or whatever, or because it's birthright. But when you get to the king's table based upon the promise, oh man, I felt something. That's better preach. When you get there based upon the promise, <laughs> you know, I mean, and the promise is this. He said that he will feed you in the presence of your enemies. Now, he did not say he will feed you in the company of the saints. He did not feed you. He will not feed you in the company of the tongue talkers and the pew walkers. Mm -hmm. He said he will feed you in the presence of your enemies. Yes, that's so, right. Sometimes in life, and how God, where is this coming from? Sometimes you wonder why our haters and certain people are still alive. That's because you haven't gotten to the king's table yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, that's because he's still preparing the meal. Man, the kitchen preparing the meal. And, 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 and those haters have to see it. That's why they're not gone yet. Because they have to see it. <laughs> they have to see you at the table. You haven't gotten to the table yet. Man, that boy, that, that doesn't help me. And I don't feel right in this dissertation. <laughs> but you haven't gotten to the table yet. You know, I mean, my neighbor just got just, just defended her dissertation and got a doctor. So that's encouragement for me uh, right about now. But I haven't gotten to the table yet. I'm still stuck through three chapters right about now. Mm -hmm. Trying to get to chapter four and five and defend this thing. But you haven't gotten to the table yet, but he got there by the promise. Mm -hmm. And it goes to just show me that there are still some promises that are outstanding. God's word, God's promises are yes and amen. Yes. And so his promises that he promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they are not null and void. Mm -hmm. um, they, 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 they have not been canceled out. They cannot be taken back. Those promises are still in full effect. And so we are still entitled to those promises to be fed, to be taken care of, to sit at the king's table. And everybody, to everybody, everybody has a, I guess, a perception of what the king's table is for them. The king's table for you might be different from the king's table for me, but it's all still the king's table. It just looks different in different forms depending on, you know, what you're dealing with in your life. Mm -hmm. But one thing for sure, why your why your haters still alive? Why they still walking around? Why they why God ain't snuffed took them out as you prayed? Mm -hmm. Folks gotta see you eat at the table. Mm -hmm. You ain't got to the table yet. You you know, and that's something to strive for. Look, look before before I get the long white robe, before I get the crown, let me get to the table first. Yes, indeed. Let, let, let me let me get to the table first. Let me man, let me get to the table. You know, uh, uh you know that on the table they have the 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 Spoons, forks, and knives placed a certain way, and, and, and they're certain inches away from each other. And your name—I looked at some of these, some of these old English uh, movies. How mm -hmm. they have the name at the place, your name card on the table, mm -hmm. and your name is on the table. Boy, that could preach right there. Your name is on the table, <laughs> so you got to get there and come with an appetite, come with an expectancy to the table. So yeah, yeah. I'll shut my mouth, but yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That is so true. We gotta come. You gotta be he, he came to the table with the with the promise, you know. And man, that is something to know that God is with us and God will uh, take care of us, you know. So yes, indeed, that is awesome. 
You know, and, and what I love about the, the scriptures and what I love about what the Bible tells us is God gives us a way of looking at it one way. We saw the mercy and the kindness of 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 David toward uh, Jonathan and Mephibosheth. Now, the New Testament comes and gives us a different story uh, about the parable of the unmerciful servant. <laughs> so, see, the Bible is, is it, and I know a lot of people say, oh, it's real by man, and man, you know, this is, uh, you know, quote, unquote, uh, the Caucasian Bible and blah, blah, blah. But how can it be that? And all of the settings is over there in the Middle East. But I digress, uh, but we're going to talk about this one parable that uh, about the unmerciful servant is found in Matthew, the 18th chapter, and it goes from the 21st to the 35th. And I'm going to set the, the background, the backdrop of, of what, well, why this, this parable come about. Well, uh, Peter came to Jesus and he asked him, you know, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who have done me wrong? I'm paraphrasing. And Jesus told him, uh, not seven times, but 77 times seven that you're supposed to forgive a person, meaning don't just have a certain amount of time that you're going to forgive one person about something, but continuously forgive that person and show them mercy and show them grace if they have uh, wronged you. And so Jesus went on and I'm going to read this because reading it is more germane than me trying to paraphrase it. And it says, Jesus said, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. He says, be patient with me and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled his debt and let him go. But... When that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. And he grabbed him and he began to choke him. And he said, pay me back what you owe me. He demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him the same words. Be patient with me and I'll pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had a man had the man thrown into prison until he could pay his debt. When the servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in and he said, you wicked servant. Now, I canceled your debt and yours because you begged me to. 
shouldn't you have shown mercy on your fellow servant just as I had shown you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. See, that's that man. I know it's not talking about showing kindness, but it's showing the, the, the paradigm shift and what kindness and goodness and, and mercy can get a person and could obtain from a person's life as David did from a fellowship. And David had to have forgiven, had to have uh, compassion, had to have love in his heart to still honor the, 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 the covenant that he made with Jonathan to show it to his son. But on the other hand, this guy, <laughs> that this guy goes there knowing that he owed 10 times as much as that one guy did to him. And he begged for forgiveness and, and his king showed him mercy. But then he goes out there and he doesn't extend mercy to the person that, that he should have. See, things what we do, our mercy should be like Oprah had came up with this thing, paying it forward. When, when we are done good things too, and somebody shows us mercy, somebody shows us kindness, we should be willing as believers and a good people at heart and saints of God to show it, pay it forward to someone else. And that's how that continues to grow in each other's, in each of our lives. If we can't pay it forward in, in someone else's life, what good is it being somebody being nice to you and you can't be nice to someone else? You just like that man that, that went, went and choked that man out and told him, give me what you owe me. You know, we can't be like that with our life. We can't be like that with the things that, that we're looking for. If we're hoping for God and praying for God to bless us, we should be a blessing to others. That's the way it happens. I, I used to hear this thing where they said, when you have your fist open, you know, things could get in. But when you have it closed up, can't nothing get in. So we have to always remember that when we're openly giving of ourselves, openly feeling, the, uh, you know, the, the grace of God on our lives and God is blessing us with things seen and unseen and waking us up in the morning and, and making sure that we have food on our table, making sure that we have uh, activities of our limbs and, 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 and we're able to you know, rationalize and think cognitively. Those are the things we should be grateful for to be able to, to, to at least extend mercy and kindness to someone outside of our concentric circle so that they can know that, hey, you know, I love you. God loves you. I'm just paying it forward. God loves me. I'm paying it forward to you. And that should be our mindset moving forward. And I, I believe where if everybody caught on to that principle that, uh, paying kindness forward, that the world wouldn't be the way it is today. We wouldn't have all these things going on and all these instances of, of, of degradation and depravity going on right now. Um, 
the idea of probably still be wars because there's always somebody greedy and somebody always wants something that ain't theirs. But at the same token, you know, the little things that we can do to to each other and, and, and take care of our home space, take care of our our internal spaces that we rest, rule, and abide in, then it'll make a big difference to everyone around us and to us. So I thank you all for joining us, and I thank you for this this hour. We went over a little bit, but I thank God for this opportunity to talk with you all, and I thank God for everyone that commented and everyone that joined in. I pray that you all have received something out of this. I pray that you all uh, are able to take something from this and apply it to everyday life, and you know, Give it, give it out to someone else about kindness, about showing a kindness, about being willing to, to love people where they are and to show kindness um, to them so that they can see the love of Christ in your life. Amen. 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 I enjoyed every bit of it. So I'm looking forward to next week. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to it too. I, I enjoy you all. Hey man, it's really good. I, I enjoy you all joining in with me. And uh, you know, again, like I say, this is a discussion. I, I would love with more input. If y'all have something to say, feel free to say it. And next time, maybe y'all want to show y'all pretty faces and stuff. That'd be great too. You know, <laughs> I don't want to be the only one to take up the picture. You know, <laughs> but but I will though. <laughs> So I thank you all. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So I thank you all for joining us. And we're going to end with a word of prayer. If anyone have anything to say, closing remarks before we leave, then I'm going to give a little time for that. God is good. All, all the, time. the time. All, all the, the time. time. God is good. That's right. <laughs> So I just I just thank God for just blessing us to even have this moment and just blessing us to even have the breath to say thank you. So I'm just forever grateful. Like I said, whether good, bad, happy or sad, we're here. He he's not gonna put no more on us that we could bear. So hey, I, I forever be grateful. So <laughs> praise God. Yeah, you praise God to that. Amen. 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 Well, um, yeah, I agree with everything Keisha said, you know. Um, just give God thanks and praise and thank him for thank him for what is now and thank him for even what didn't happen, what you thought was gonna happen in the last two weeks that didn't happen. And mm-hmm. even in the midst of that you find peace. So Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So we're going to end with a word of prayer. And I want you all to know that God bless you. And I love you all. And I know that that times might get get hard during during these moments in our lives. But hold on. Hold on to God's unchanging hand, like Grandma and them used to say. And all these things are going to work out. We just have to be patient to be encouraged and we have to walk by faith and not by sight and we'll walk walk and see God do it. Amen. Amen.
Father God, we thank you for another Amen. day. We thank you, Lord, that you have been so good to us. I ask you, Heavenly Father, in the most humblest way to watch over the homes that's on this call, to go to each family home that are present today. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to strengthen the doorposts, strengthen the windows, strengthen the, the doorknobs, strengthen the, the entranceway and the exit ways of their homes, Lord. Let your spirit reside in those places where that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to, to bind the enemy before it gets in the door. And we ask you, Heavenly Father, to send your angel of protection as they leave their gathering places. And Lord, we know that all strength and all power is yours, and we trust you. Lord, we accept your son, Jesus, as our personal Savior. And we know that he died for our sins, and he rose on the third day. We love you, and we thank you for giving your life for our sins. We love you, and we bless your name, Heavenly Father. We ask you to bless each home. Speak peace into those homes. Speak peace in the neighborhoods. We ask you to give them the things that you desire for them to have. And when you let them have it, Lord, give them blessings for it and give them peace with it, Heavenly Father, so that they know that you did what you said that you would do, that you blessed them abundantly and exceedingly above all that they can ask or think. We love you and we bless your name. We ask you to heal our bodies and keep us well. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.